Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 64. Today, I'll be interviewing children's book author Beth Ferry. Beth Ferry is the author of many books for young readers, including Cave Boy Crush, The Scarecrow, and the New York Times bestselling Stick and Stone. She lives in New Jersey with her family. Today, we'll be discussing her graphic novel series, Fox and Rabbit. And don't forget to check out her website, which is bethferry.com. So thank you so much for being here today, Beth. It's such an honor to have you on the podcast. I'm such a fan of your books. Um, And I love Fox and Rabbit. So I really am so excited to have both books here. Um, So I guess the first thing is, is just to talk about, you know, what inspired you to write Fox and Rabbit and maybe just a little bit of a synopsis about the books. Sure. Um, so it's really, it's it, for me, like I am a picture book writer at heart and I've actually, um, before Fox and Rabbit only wrote picture books and only really thought about writing picture books. But, um, the, um, the illustrator, um, Gergely Dudash, who lives in Hungary, um, ha- he does like these cool, um, like hit book of hidden things, like kind of like a where's Waldo. And he draws these very complex and colorful, like, you know, where's the rabbit in a field of like other things that are all white and the rabbit is white too. And they're really fun, but he was interested in writing, um, you know, like a graphic novel or, you know, some type of, um, you know, early reader. So they sent me, our agents are friendly with each other and they sent me a piece of art that had like a little bear and a rabbit looking at a sunset. And they said, oh, you know, do you think that you could write a story based on these characters? So, you know, I was like, I'm always up for a challenge. And they basically, you know, were like in a graphic novel, like comic book kind of series. Um, So, you know, I was kind of like, hmm, I've never, you know, I write picture books, you know, as you know, are so very, you know, specific. They're short, you know, they're telling a whole story. There's the whole like story arc within five or 600 words. So this was like a big departure for me. So I did, you know, tons of research and I read tons of graphic novels for, you know, young and emerging readers. And um, so that's really, it's really was stemmed from the art. And then, you know, I was, and it's funny because I actually wrote it first as um, Fox and Bear. I mean, it was a bear instead of a rabbit. But everyone kind of decided the bear that he drew looked too much like Winnie the Pooh. So Uh we changed it to a fox. So I kind of had to redo not all of it, but, you know, bears and foxes are different. And, you know, they had different quirks. So I rewrote it with a fox. Um, And... Yeah, basically, it, it was really like inspired by the art, which is is a really fun way to write. Um, and then my, you know, writing a graphic novel is mainly dialogue, which is a big departure. You know, there's no narrative, um, and it's kind of fun because you know it's fast. Like as you know, I'm sure you you know you read it, and it you know it, it just really it's like the art moves so much of the story forward, but so do does dialogue. You know, you're really like able to you know read it as a conversation. And so, um, it was, it was, it was fast to write too. And it's really long. Like for me, (laughs) it's like super long, you know, because there's five stories and you know, they're decently long. So, um, yeah, I think I, did I answer your question? Yeah. But I think also what I want to say that I think just as a parent reading it with my, with my child, because I, I read it 
as a as a read aloud. And what I love is just the chapters because I think that breaks it up a lot. Um, and I also think one of the things that I love about graphic novels, and I actually read graphic novels myself, like I just love them. But what I love about yeah. them is the conversation between the characters. Because I think for kids who struggle with any sort of like social skills, um, conversation, I, I feel like it just served like such a great model to have that conversation between the characters and also just the friendship and how friendship develops. Um, and also just even some sort of conflicts in the book as well, like how they work it out. Like if there's a new friend, how are they going to work right. that out? Um, and that's, and that just, that happens just naturally. And so that's what I love about your book. So I think it's, it's great, you know, for, for kids who are emerging readers for, for early, early elementary, but I think even later elementary, um, for kids who are struggling mm-hmm. readers as well. Um, because what I like about it is that I think graphic novels are also really wonderful because they're just so visually appealing. But I like I, how it's broken up into the different chapters, which yeah. I think makes it easier to read. I think it's hard for kids when there's very long chapters or for right. each one long book. Because um, it's hard to sort of like stop at a certain point. So it kind of right. gives that feel, natural right. ending. Thing. Right. You get to, you feel, you feel like, oh my gosh, I read a whole chapter and it it was like fun and not, you know, I didn't, you know, especially I think with dialogue too, mainly, you know, you're not, there's no soliloquies, like, you know, no one's talking on and on and on, you know, they're short and sweet, you know, they're, it's a, it's such a back and forth that it keeps the sentences short. And I think, you know, emerging readers, it's, it's a good way for them to like, you know, read, read lots of sentences without feeling like they're struggling. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to talk about your book, Facts and Rabbit, um, Make Believe. And okay. what I loved about it was just the imaginations of the characters, because I think that, I don't know, some of that is lost with so much screen time. Um, this is one of the things that I've been like, you know, learning about and thinking about a lot, because a lot of times the concept of sort of like being bored um, for kids right. is not really coming about that much, because whenever you're Let's say you have a moment, that's when the kids go on their screens or um, Mm. even as an adult, I think just to sit and just sort of like that, you know, to be able, whatever it is, like going on your phone. Um, And and really one of the things that I've learned just as far as imaginations for kids is that we have to be bored in order to kind of have that imagination. And so I just love that you, like the whole book was just about make-believe and about the great imaginations of the characters. And I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, I, um, it's funny because, you know, sometimes it wasn't, you know, when I set out to write the second one, I was more, you know, I really, I think I was like seasonal. I was like, okay, well, we went to the beach and the fair and we did summer things. So like now let's do some fall things. So I wasn't really specifically saying I want to write a book about imagination but it just kind of was organic to the story with the new friend. And, you know, I always say, um, like when I'm talking to kids about where I get my ideas, I always say I have so many things like in my writer's toolbox, you know, like the, what I use, you know, I need to have pen and paper and a computer and a dictionary and a thesaurus. But my biggest tool, my best tool is my imagination because, you know, you're writing fiction. And so, you're, you know, you're making things up. Um, and, so when this new character, Owl, came in, so much of what Fox and Rabbit is based on is really, you know, like my kid's childhood, like what they did. And, you know, my um, my middle son had 
these little, you know, like plastic characters and he would just make up, you know, like, and you watched and you thought like, wow, he's like totally entertaining himself, making up this entire world with these little plastic characters. And, you know, and I think back to, you know, what my, what my kids did, which is, you know, I do kind of think, I hope, you know, that a lot of these stories, you know, kids will recognize, like kids go to the fair and they go to the beach and they take a trip and they carve pumpkins and go to the farm. And so, but for the imagination, um, it ju- it's just what I think like kids should do, you know, like just take something that's not, you know, inanimate, you know, a pumpkin or whatever, and like give it a life of its own. And so, um, you know, I, I like the idea of one character just specifically like showing Fox and Rabbit how anything can be better if you use your imagination, like the playground. You know, you're not just going down a slide, you know, you're going down a slide to avoid the hot lava, you know, like, and I think, you know, honestly, you're right. If kids have time to themselves, that's what they just do. They default to that. But you're right. Like screens take them away from that. Yeah. And I just think it's a great, it's kind of like, I think when I was reading it to my son, I was, you know, stressing the fact that, well, when do we have imagination? Like, when do we sit down and really think about these things? And like, you know, me growing up, like, you know, we didn't really have, I mean, you know, obviously there was TV and like the starting of computers, <laughs> right, but right. there wasn't, I, you know, that was like my whole childhood sort of that your book was a make-believe and kind of pretending and, um, and I think, you know, it's one of these things with kids, I was just kind of speaking to parents is that we have to let the kids be bored um, because yeah, that's I, honestly, because even any of the books that I've written or any of the ideas I've had for products and stuff have been um, when I'm just sort of sitting around and I'm not on my screen and I'm just sitting outside and I'm relaxing. Um, so anyway, I just think it's a good lesson for kids to learn about make-believe and about imaginations. And, um, so, so I want to get to my next question about the illustrations because your, the illustrations are just so beautiful and they're so vibrant. And when I got that book and getting that book in the fall weather or the beginning of fall, and when I, I took a picture of it and it was just so beautiful, it was it just feels so fall and it feels like just warm and pumpkins and Halloween. And so I was hoping you could talk for a couple of minutes about um, your collaboration with the illustrator. Yeah. Right. So, um, and it is really fascinating. Like, as I said, he lives in Hungary, um, but he speaks really good English. Not that I've ever spoken to him, but we do email back and forth. Um, so, and, I've, and I said his name wrong for like a really long time. I wasn't saying his name. Yeah, I didn't know how to say his name either. I was going to ask him. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. Oh no, because and he actually, I think he like sent it to me phonetically because I, I think I forget why he did it. I was like, oh no, we've been saying it wrong the whole time. Um, but yeah, so he, um, you know, he has a bunch of books with Harper Collins about um, these hidden things, and his art looks very digital to me. Like when I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's definitely all digital, but it isn't. He actually like sketches. He showed me a picture of the number of pages that he used to draw Fox and Rabbit. And I want to say, like, the book is 96 pages. And I want to say his stack was like 350 pages. And he actually sketches the entire book out in like a pencil and like a graphite pencil. And then he scans it all 
I guess then he goes over it with pen, like the, the, the black, can you see the black, you know, the outline, the thick outline, and then he yeah. colors it online. But it's all, and I really was, I was like, oh, so sure he just did it all on the computer, but he does not. So it's really time intensive. <laughs> and, you know, and that's the other thing too with graphic novels, you know, I think that he, so he, you know, obviously read all the words. I wrote all, the words were just, you know, obviously written on a computer, you know, on an eight, five, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. Um, so he has to, you know, decide how to break it up into that form, like what he's going to draw and where, you know, what's important to get a full page spread and how many little, you know, squares are on each page. And, you know, so he really did all that. Um, and kind of amazing. I think we cut a few little things because we actually couldn't fit them in. But so he really did it all on his own. And then when I got, when I, I got my first, you know, rough draft to look at it, it was all done in color. Like it wasn't like he sent, like normally you just get black and white sketches. So the whole thing was in color and he, it was, so it was really, um, and we tweaked a little, like there was definitely things that we tweaked that, you know, some, like he would, um, you know, draw something that I felt like didn't, but not even a lot. He really got, he got the characters. I think that's like, you know, when you click with your illustrator, they get what you're doing. And without even have like, just by reading your words. And I think that's like the magic. So it's been such a good experience because I feel like he totally, like, and, and if you notice, have you noticed that they don't have mouths? I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. You know what? I didn't notice that before. <laughs> I guess I just assume that they did. You know what I mean? Like you kind of look at the face right, and I didn't. Really, yeah. And, you know, they have speech bubbles, but they don't yeah. have mouths. And, and that does, like, give it this cool, like, European feel, I think. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's really yeah. funny because when I see, like, they're so small, like, but, but just with, like, the eyebrows, like, like I, he can do so, he's showing so much emotion and telling such mm. a big part of the story with very little tweaks to the art, like their facial expressions, which kills me. I think it's really amazing. But it is, I think, another great tool for kids because... Right. Um, just even looking at like owl and the eyebrows now and looking at that, because I think that's one of the things that we're struggling with the pandemic is not kids, not being able to read other kids and teachers, facial expressions. And, um, you know, it just, it's so, there's so much meaning in a facial expression. Um, and so these are the, one of the things that I work on with a lot of, let's say my kids that I see, you know, some of my clients is that, is that I just talk about, you know, like characters, facial expressions and, you know, how they feel and, and you know, how let's say the dialogue between them. Yeah. And I just feel like there's so much, I mean, it's such a, there's such wonderful stories. Um, I just also feel like there's so many great um, speech and language goals that you could work on with it as well as any sort of like social skill goals um, because, you know, the friendship and the conversation between them is, yeah. is just, is wonderful and it develops over time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so the next question I wanted to ask you is just about, you know, what your thoughts were about, um, about what you wanted children to learn most from the books. Um, and also any plans for future books. Oh, good. Um, right. So basically, you know, it's again, interesting. Like when you set out, you know, you set out to write a book and you don't really have like, you know, you, you're kind of, at first you're, you're, you're telling the story to yourself. I always like to think that like your first draft is like, you're just telling the story to yourself. And so I think my biggest goal is that kids like read this book and think, I love to read. Like that's really, you know, because, you know, there's the friendship and, and I do like that part. I like the part where, um, you know, rabbit eats the whole garden and Fox has to forgive rabbit. 
um, because that's not, you know, forgiveness is hard. And I, and I think it's, you know, I, I like that part a lot in terms of like, if kids can see how, you know, you have to be able to forgive because, you know, people make mistakes and, you know, people are sorry. And then, you know, it's almost like, you know, tennis, right? Like you, you know, the ball is in your court and you have to decide how you're handling that situation. And if someone does something to hurt you or if they take something or break something of yours, you know, how how do you forgive? And, you know, and I think the way that I wrote it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like immediate, you know, like Fox had to leave and think about it. And, you know, and I, and I hope like to me, like in terms of any lesson, I hope that's the lesson that, you know, friendship is, is hard. Um, and I write a lot about friendship because I, I, I do, I think, um, you know, we all, you know, kind of glorify it like, Oh, you have a best friend and they'll do anything for you and they'll stick up for you. But that's not always the case. You know, it's a rocky road sometimes. And there's a lot of give and take and compromise. And so if there's any lesson from, from Fox and Rabbit, I hope that's it, that they don't, you know, you can have a lot in common with your friends, but you also are going to have differences and you have to be able to understand, you know, that it's a two way street. And I think a lot of kids, you know, that's the hardest part of being a kid sometimes is, you know, not always getting what you want. You know, you, you do have to like give in sometimes and, you know, like, you know, because, you know, when they, when they're little, they do, you know, you, you, you appease them, you know, like you don't want them to cry. And, you know, so they kind of learn, you know, as you know, that mom will come if I cry. And, but then once they get into the friendship arena, it's a whole different story. Um, so yeah, so my two, my two takeaways are, I hope kids think I like to read, like I read this book and, I, and it wasn't hard and I could do it by myself and I love reading. And yeah, the second part is that, you know, you have to, Friendship, you know, it takes some work and, you know, but there's nothing more important than it in your life to have somebody there to share experiences with. I also think it's funny, like the part where um, the bubble gum, you know, where, where the bubble gum and peanut butter, well, Fox gets um, bubble gum all over him. And then, and then they try to have, then they put peanut butter on there and it's a big mess. And then he's got to get a haircut. And he's going, you know, and he doesn't really have much hair and he feels all, you know, he feels all weird that, um, that he doesn't look right. But the thing right. is, is that he kind of goes on with it and it's okay because yeah. it's not, you know, he feels a little bit awkward about it, but he moves on with it. And I think a lot of kids could also relate to that. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I love it. that. I, I know, that. you know, when I, it's, it's, you know, and they are, you know, it's funny because sometimes like I actually have to like look back through the books and, and like remember all the little parts like because and I think and I totally had gum in my hair when I was a kid and was traumatized when my mom had to cut it out. <laughs> oh, I've definitely had gum. In right, my we hair. all have. Yeah. Like, some gum yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And but whether it's gum or something else, like <laughs> right. you know. So I think a lot of kids could just relate to these little things. Yeah. There's just so many great takeaways. Um, so as far as any future facts and rabbit books, because I love that, you know, you've created the series. Yeah, there's, um, in April will be the third book, which is called Fox and Rabbit Celebrate. And, um, so Sparrow, who might be my favorite character because Sparrow loves food so much. So it's Sparrow's birthday and Fox and Rabbit want to cook Sparrow the biggest pizza in the world. So their big, um, their goal is to figure out how to make a pizza and get all the ingredients and then how to cook it. And so they meet a, a new character, a dragon who um, lives up the hill far away. And they go on this big adventure to find the dragon, to ask the dragon if the dragon can cook the pizza. So it's silly, but it also, you know, again, what, what you do for friendship and, and the lens you'll go right to make your friends happy. So that's, that's that book. 
Well, I'm and then really after, excited about that. Like, I feel like I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The thing go. is, too, so. I think also, like, not everything has to be so serious all the time. Right. I, I think for right yeah. now, everything is so serious um, because of right. what we're going through with the pandemic. And I think that what's so great about, about your books is that it's just normal stuff, like everyday stuff. And it's funny and it's silly, but the, you know, there's great, ta- there's great takeaways from it. But it, I think for me, like when I was reading it with my son, it was just a little bit of an escape from like just everything being so serious. I'm so um, glad. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, for teachers too, to use this, I mean, in the classroom, but for parents to use it as well. Um, I just, I love it. And I, I think there's such a, such a great, I love the fact that it's a series so that kids could look forward to more facts and rabbit books. Yes, right. So, and I'm excited about that biggest pizza ever. Cause I think most kids <laughs> have that dream of making the biggest pizza ever or the biggest cupcake ever or whatever it is. Um, so is there anything else that you want to talk about before we finish up? Um, no, um, I think, um, I think all your questions were great. So thank you for that. And yeah, and I do. And I think, um, you know, loving books, you know, that's my, that's the, you know, and I'm not a teacher, but I, I think, you know, so books, books can save your life, right? Books can, you know, take you places. Books can do so much. And I think, you know, when you hear that a kid doesn't love a book or doesn't love to read, you know, you're kind of like, oh, wait, no, but you just haven't found the right book. Because you know, you know, there's so many books and there's a book out there that will appeal to everyone. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess my big takeaway is, you know, I, I hope, you know, that th- these books specifically will make kids who maybe think that they don't love to read, you know, it, it will give them, you know, pleasure, you know, like, oh, this is like a, a story and I'm reading and, you know, I'm learning and I don't even know it. That's, that's kind of what I hope. Exactly. And I think for parents of kids with struggling readers, I think it's a great read aloud book. Yeah, I think one of the things that I did, you know, as far as like I talk about a lot with teachers and people I work with, um, just about using expression when they're reading. And I think for kids kind of getting that expression between the the characters, you could even do role play. Mm -hmm. Somebody could be Fox, somebody could be Rabbit. You could do it as a family. Um, So this, yeah, for struggling, a lot of times kids will say like, I find this just from my experience, kids will say, oh, I hate reading. And a lot of times they hate reading because it's because they can't, it's really hard for them to actually read or decode. And then they're, they're not really understood. Their reading comprehension could be really difficult. So for those parents, like, I mean, with, with kids, like, you know, struggling with reading, read, just read it aloud, make it fun. So, um, I think that's one of the biggest things. Cause a lot of times kids love books. It's just reading. That's really hard, but doesn't mean we can't enjoy, we can't enjoy the story. Um, and so I think also as a parent, well, I just love children's books, so I just can never get enough, (laughs) which is, (laughs) um, but anyway, well, thank you so much for today. And I look forward to seeing more of your books. Um, and thank you so much. Well, thank you. And definitely go to Beth's website because you also have some really nice, um, you know, educators guides on some of your other books, activity guides for some of your other books that you that you've written many other very successful picture books. (laughs) Yes. So just definitely check that out. So thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime.